It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. I am your host. I'm also one of the advisors on the sh- on the show. My name is Mike Bernard, alongside business partner and founder of Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn. Founder, indeed. <laughs> Hoping to retire early. If you are, it's possible to do that, but there are significant obstacles that you must overcome in order to retire early with confidence. So coming up on today's episode, Mike and I are going to talk through these obstacles and discuss what you need to do to conquer them. That's right. So it's just two of us. Josh is out gallivanting somewhere with wife and kids, so we wish him well on a much-earned vacation, but uh, he should be back with us next week. Folks, as always, this is your show. We want to talk about what's going on in your financial life, questions, issues you have. So reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com to submit a question. That's what Daniel did. Great question we're going to be hitting later in the program. Or give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Wise Money Radio to get updates about the show, submit questions, get questions of the week, all that sort of stuff. All right, we're kicking off today's show with the topic Kevin talked about. It all came from a question from Corey. Corey's from Elkhart. Here's what he asked. I'm turning 57 later this year and am planning on retiring when I do so in October. My biggest concern is health insurance, but what other issues do I need to be aware of before I officially set a date? Well, first of all, Corey, thanks for the question. It's a great question, and you are going to retire once, hopefully, if you do it right. That's the plan. That is the plan, and I would encourage you to seek out a financial planner who is certified. So find a certified financial planner who can walk you through the six areas of financial planning. Find a financial planner who's done this dozens of times. You want to be working with someone who's been down this path many, many, many different times. See, I wouldn't, I don't, don't cut it short on dozen. I'd a hundred times or more. I mean, someone who's got the experience that can evaluate the path you're trying to take, but also look at a few other paths you might not have considered. Right, because the thing, and, and this kind of goes without saying, the, the tricky thing is, Corey, you don't know what you don't know. So the things that you're unaware of by their very nature, you are not aware of them. And so you're trying to say, hey, I need to be aware of this stuff, but I don't know what it is. And so you want someone who is aware of these things and has a process for taking you from where you are to where you want to go. And really all of this is about assessing risks, Mm -hmm. making certain assumptions about what is going to happen, making certain assumptions about how you want to live and, and what kind of freedom and independence you're going to want from 57 to, and Corey, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say you're probably going to live to your 90 if, if you are an average guy. So you want to be prepared to be able to be retired probably for as long as you worked. Yeah, I actually have some geeky statistics. You guys know that about me. Uh, if you are 65 today, 
there's a 47 chance, 47% chance that either you or your spouse will live until 90. So we're going to go through some of those statistics. Really, what you're trying to do, Corey, is retire early. That's very hard to do. It's possible, but it's hard to do. One other thing I'd mention before we get into what these obstacles are, if you heard Corey's question and said, you know what, I'm not planning on retiring early, I can check out, all right? It's possible you're going to retire sooner than you think, and you need to be aware of these obstacles. I've got in front of me a report from J.P. Morgan Chase, but they got it from some study, Employee Benefit Research Institute, that said the average worker plans to retire at 65, However, they actually, on average, retire at 62. The largest reason for that is health problems or disability, which, of course, I know for me, and I'm sure for you too, you say, oh, that's not going to happen to me. I won't get disabled. I won't be um, removed from my job because I'm unable to do it anymore because of health reasons. But 60% of people who retired earlier than they thought cited health problems or disabilities. So, if you're thinking, I'm just going to work forever, this doesn't apply to me, it might. Pay attention to these obstacles. All right, here we go. So the very first one, very first obstacle, if you're trying to retire early, is the problem of withdrawing money out of a tax-sheltered account, like a 401k or an IRA. That can be problematic if you're retiring early. Sure. And Corey, when you think about that, and you've asked about health insurance, we'll get to that. But the, the most practical advice that we can give you when there are the 401k and the IRA, and you haven't uh, told us what you have, but we're going to assume that you probably have both. And the, what people are concerned about when they pull money out of their IRA before they're 59 and a half, and everyone kind of knows that magical age, is that not only do you have to pay federal and state taxes on that money, but you also have to pay a 10% early distribution penalty as well. That's right. So, and you said that everyone knows that. I, I wouldn't, I, probably 80% of people know that, but for a 401k or an IRA, if you withdraw the funds before age 59 and a half, why did they come up with that age? Who the heck knows? Just to illustrate the insanity that's, that happens in the IRS in Washington some days. But if you're trying to pull dollars out before you've reached that age, you've got to pay Fed and state taxes, but also a 10% penalty. There are a couple of ways around that, but I've seen some people use those loopholes and actually get themselves into even more trouble. Right. This is this is laden with minds. You're 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 walking through the minefield here as you're doing this. So you want to make sure that your tax advisor is working with your investment advisor and your retirement planner in order to get this right. So let's talk about what the opportunities are. If you're 57 and you want to take money out of your IRA, you know you're going to pay federal and state tax on that, but you'd rather not pay the 10% penalty. There is a way around that. Mm -hmm. And the way around it is to do what's the, the section of the tax code is called 72T, or in we're entering a jargon zone here, so forgive me. So yeah. the other way to talk about it is substantially equal periodic payments. And basically what happens is the IRS looks at it as if you're taking your IRA and laying it on its side and you're going to take equal distributions out of it over your lifetime. So you have to take a distribution out of it for uh, five years or until 59 and a half, whichever's longer. That's right. So in your case, Corey, if you 
started to do a substantially equal periodic payment, you'd need to do that for five years. So from 57 to 62, you'd have to take out the same amount of money. And it's interesting because Mike says, well, there's some quicksand there that you want to avoid. One of the issues that folks had back in 2008 and 2009 was they had a a large fortune that they were taking these uh, annual payments out of and their large fortune became a small fortune and they're still take they still had to take the same amount and that became problematic because when you're when you take the same amount off a shrinking amount of money that became it became problematic as a matter of fact what happened was they changed the rules and did a one time uh, allowance for you to recalculate. Yeah, but they didn't change those right as the market was dropping. They did it after the fact because so many people had this issue. So, so let me fill in a couple holes here because that was total jargon, but we're presenting the obstacle, but then presenting options for you or solutions if this is if this is you and you're considering retiring early. So you could set up a SCPP or substantially equal periodic payment, but then you're locked in to withdraw that same amount every year, rain or shine, regardless until your deadline, okay, which is age 59 and a half or five years, whichever is later. So if the market goes down and your investments go down, call it 40%, that would freak you out a little bit. You're still withdrawing that same amount of money that was calculated on the size of your account when it was 40% higher. So that can really get you backwards and force you to sell a lot of shares at a low price and not have the ability to have those shares reappreciate in value, which is critical if you're trying to retire early anyway. Right. And that and that kind of situation looks like the possibility of you needing to go back to work That's or right. whatever your worst fear might be, it's coming into play there. So there are a couple of other issues if you're thinking I'm I'm wanting to retire early, but I'm not yet 59 and a half. You could also look at the rules within your 401k to see if you can withdraw money from that before 59 and a half without a penalty. Or you could also look at a Roth IRA. I'd caution you in both of those instances, but those are other options as well. We've got Corey's question coming up regarding health insurance and other obstacles. We're just scratching the uh, the surface on that, folks. We've got a lot more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard alongside Kevin Corhorn. Josh is out today. Special thanks to the attorneys over at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. Today, we are breaking down a question from Corey about how to retire early and what the challenges are and how to overcome them. If you have a question, comment, or anything else, reach out to us, 574-222-2000, or go to wisemoneyradio.com to submit a question there as well. All right, so Corey's question, Corey from Elkhart, here's what he asked. He's 57. He says, I'm turning 57 later this year, and I'm planning on retiring when I do so in October. My biggest concern is health insurance, but what other issues do I need to be aware of? And even though we're going to get to the health insurance one coming up in just a, just a bit, we started by saying, hey, one of the biggest problems you might have with retiring early is you might be too young to pull money out of your 401k and IRA. And we were talking about 
what those rules are, but then also some ways around it. Right. We're talking about avoiding the 10% penalty for early distributions from the IRA. There is a little known rule about 401ks that we like to tell people about. If you're 55 or older when you retire, depending upon your plan document, so there's all of this is very simple until you get down to the details and then there are some... Right. Your plan could be different. Your plan could be different, but for most plans, if you're 55 when you retire or older, if you take money out of the 401k, you can do so without paying the 10% penalty for early distributions. It would still be taxable. And the other issue is they're going to have some mandatory tax withholdings for state and federal. They might not even allow state, actually. So it's not a real flexible way to do it. But if your plan allows it, then you could be able to avoid that 10% penalty. Yeah. So if we look at accessing money from an IRA before 59 and a half, you're looking at substantially equal periodic payments. Mm -hmm. I avoid that. If I'm 55 or older, I possibly could take money out of my 401k, avoid the penalty, not the tax bill. And then if you've got a Roth IRA that you've been working on and building for a long time, you can get access to that before 59 and a half as long as you're accessing the basis. And you've had, yes. And so, and so, and and Mike was going to say, and you've had it for at least five years. Yeah. So I'm going to say, if you've been working on it for a while, um, you can access the basis. That's why it's important. You're working with your tax preparer to make sure that you're tracking the basis in your Roth IRA, filling out Form 8606, et cetera. The second obstacle is a significant one. And that is, you might be, if you're hoping to retire early, you might be too young to draw Social Security. A lot of people are aware of this, but the earliest time at which you can draw your Social Security is age 62. So if you're looking at retiring at age 58 or 59, something like that, you've got to figure out where are you going to get income from for those few years before Social Security starts. However, if you draw at 62, you're taking a reduced benefit. Your full Social Security is likely at age 66 or 67, but most people, we would encourage that you delay drawing Social Security as long as you possibly can because it grows approximately 8% per year. So for a lot of people, I'd want to explore, can you delay drawing Social Security until age 70? If you're open to retire in your late 50s and need to wait to draw Social Security until 70, that's a long time to wait and live off of other assets. Yeah, that's a significant pile of money that you'd have to have. And if you're just using a simple example, if your full retirement age is 66, you, uh, if your benefit was $1,000 at 66, it'd be about 700 at 62. So there's a pretty significant uh, shrinkage there. And then from 66 to 70, if your benefit was uh, 1,000 at 66, It'd be about 1300 at 70. Yep. So the range-ish is somewhere between 700 to 1300 
per month for someone who would have a thousand dollars at full retirement age. So there's a big difference there, and there are a lot of factors, Corey. This is going to be one of the biggest financial decisions you'll make in your lifetime is how and when do you draw Social Security. That's right. And for a lot of people, they draw Social Security as soon as they possibly can, especially if you're looking to retire early. But that may not be the best thing for your long-term financial plan. The other thing I'd mention, because I've seen a lot of people who have come into my office and say, yeah, I'm hoping to retire early, let's say at 60, or even I want to retire at 62. Okay, what's the plan for income? Well, I'll turn on my Social Security, but then I'll still work part-time making 30 grand or something like that. No, that's a no-no. Yes, you can draw your Social Security early at age 62, but if you're drawing your Social Security before your full retirement age, which is age 66 or 67, it says so on your statement, then you're limited in how much income you're allowed to have, how much earned income. And right now for 2017, that amount that you're allowed to earn from wages is $16,920 the entire year. That's 1,400 bucks a month, essentially. So if you're planning, if, if, if your plan needs you to earn more income than that, then you can't turn on Social Security. Otherwise, there'll be a significant penalty. For every $2 you earn above that limit that I just shared, they're going to take a dollar away from your Social Security. That's huge. Yeah. And and we've actually seen scenarios where people retired and then they missed doing what they were doing and went back to work as a consultant or what have you and made considerably above that 16920 amount. So you can actually stop your Social Security. So there is some flexibility there, but I would not want to plan on that. I would want to have a plan that allows you to, if, you're, if, if part of your income plan is income from uh, working outside the home, I would want to know what those limits are and try to not exceed them by a huge amount. If instead of making 16920 you're going to make 36000 that might be the case to say, well, then I for sure will not turn on the faucet and start drawing my Social Security early. Yeah, that's right. And it's even led some people that I've worked with on this say, oh, you know what, I'm not going to retire early then. But here's the thing. We're talking about the obstacles, but we're also trying to equip you. If you're in a position either for health reasons or whatever, where you're saying, no, I am going to retire early, how do you do it? I would first figure out your retirement plan in two stages. If you know you're going to retire early, develop two stages. The first one is, where is your income going to come from, from the moment you retire until you turn on Social Security? with the hope that you can get that money to stretch for a long time and delay when you draw Social Security. That's the first part of the plan. Even segregating dollars into a separate account saying, this is my pre-Social Security money, okay? And then the second part of the plan is, where is the income going to come from once you draw Social Security? How are you gonna supplement that Social Security income with other income sources? And that's the long-term money. That'll take you from 66 or 70 out until your life expectancy, say, 90. For a lot of people, as we've worked with them on this, it's, all right, when you retire, if it's, be, if it's before Social Security, we're going to take, we're going to slice off some of your assets, and we're just going to assume that 200 grand or whatever it is, you're going to spend all the way through it. And it makes them nervous. But if you can limit your spending to just spending all the way through that, 
and leave these other investments sacred that will be there to supplement Social Security, then the plan can work. So that's, if you're looking at retiring early, that's the type of approach you need to take to your retirement plan. Right. And and these scenarios, Corey, we don't know anything about your spouse. So one of the things sometimes that people do is they say, hey, one of us will wait until 70 to maximize the social benefits uh, from Social Security. The other one of us will turn on the faucet and start drawing early. But that really only works if both of you have accumulated a pretty decent benefit from Social Security. That's right. If, you're, if, if your plan or your hope is that, well, one of you, one of, if you're married, your spouse has worked and made less money than you, so they were going to draw some of your Social Security, I would caution again about drawing Social Security too early because not only are you permanently reducing your benefit, you're going to permanently reduce your spouse's benefit and maybe even a survivor benefit as well. We're still tackling Corey's question about how to retire early. What are the obstacles? But then how do you work around those obstacles? His question specifically talked about health insurance. That's most people's biggest concern when they're reaching retirement, whether that's early or on time. We're going to hit that one as well as a couple other critical obstacles that you need to overcome if you're planning to retire early. We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I'm Mike, joined by Kevin Corhorn. Josh is out today. Thank you to Bethel College of Dalton Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the REMAX 100 team for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. In just a moment, we're going to be taking a great question from Daniel, who submitted this question online, going to wisemoneyradio.com. You can do so as well. We'll hit it on an upcoming show. If you're driving or would rather use that phone doohickey for calling, 574-222-2000, you can leave a message that way as well. So we're tackling Corey's question, all right? We're just about to conclude here with three really important obstacles. Here's his question. He's from Elkhart. I'm, I'm turning 57 later this year and I'm planning on retiring when I do so in October. My biggest concern is health insurance, but what other issues do I need to be aware of before I officially set a date? We've talked about you might be too young. At, at, certainly at 57, you're too young to draw money out of your 401k and IRA without avoiding a penalty. Although there's two tricks that we mentioned to do that. The other thing that we mentioned was, well, you're too long, too young to draw Social Security. So you need to have a great plan for Social Security. Now let's hit the third obstacle. And it's the one that you cited here, Corey, and that is what in the world do you do with health insurance? Health insurance is incredibly complicated and it is changing moment by moment. So, Corey, part of it is going to depend on what you have available through work. It used to be if you worked for a company for a long time, you had retiree medical benefits. That's been something that most companies have done away with. And um, it's likely that you would have an opportunity to basically pay for your health insurance for 18 months uh, through something called COBRA. So in essence, the same coverage that you have through your employer right now, we're assuming you have coverage through your employer, you could pay monthly for that for 18 months. So that might take you from 57 
to 58 and a half, which is why a lot of people look, if they're looking at retiring right before Medicare, they might choose to retire at 63 and a, yeah, 63 and a half because they can get on COBRA for 18 months. That'll take them right to age 65, which is when they can sign up for Medicare. Right. And I've had lots of folks look at retiring at 63 and a half and realized that the $1,500 that they were going to draw from Social Security was going to go right to COBRA, and they said, forget that, I'm going to wait until I get to Medicare age, which is 65. But even at 65, you'd plan on about 250 bucks a month for the various costs of at, Medicare. At for a minimum. So, so we're presenting both the problem, why this is an obstacle, but also a solution. And we've just kind of hit a couple of the problems. The first is you can't get Medicare until 65 unless you are disabled or, or um, there's one other exception as well. We don't need to get into those weeds. So Medicare starts at 65. The other problem is COBRA is considerably expensive. If you've got health insurance through your employer, your employer is required to pay some of the premium. Not when you're on COBRA. When you retire or you just terminate your job then and you want to stay on COBRA, you've got to pay 100%, sometimes even 102% of what the entire premium was. That's likely more than what you've been paying. And then finally, the other part of the problem, you can get health insurance through exchanges and so on. But as you know from listening to any news... It's expensive and the options are limited. So what are some ways to overcome it? Guys, this is one of the main reasons why people have the desire to retire early, but choose not to, is health insurance. I said earlier that on average, most people wanna work until 65, but they actually retire at 62. And one of the reasons, reasons is health problems. Well, that's also one of the reasons why people want to work longer is I need that health insurance to cover my aging body and my my health issues. Um, So I would have you, the first way to overcome this obstacle, have a gut check. Should you retire as early as you want to or could you go back and work part-time or get some other sort of job where you're covered by insurance? Second solution, I would be pumping money into a health savings account if you've got a health savings account option available to you. Now you can't use that money to pay for your health insurance premiums. You can use it to pay for COBRA though, and it will help with some of your other out-of-pocket costs. But then lastly, the last obstacle, the big theme for all of this is having a airtight financial plan. Make sure your financial plan incorporates these healthcare costs. We've seen a lot of people come into our office thinking, yeah, I did some calculator online. It says I can retire at the end of the year. And we start looking at it and they haven't factored in any healthcare expenses. The danger with that is folks is usually that's coming right out of your paycheck and you live on what's left. Not so in retirement, you're going to be writing a check for that. And so you've got to make sure that's factored in. Right, and I would just throw in as well, Mike, that if you are a teacher or in the school corporation, you may have something called a VEBA, V-E-B-A, a VEBA, and that's where you have money that is set aside that you can pull out and use uh, specifically for medical expenses in a tax-favored way. So you you want to be aware of that because you may have been just looking at your VEBA statement for the last 10 years and saying, well, I don't know what that is or really what I'm going to do with that. But now may be the time that you'd be dialing into that. Yeah, great point. All right. The fourth obstacle we're going to hit really quickly, and this seems pretty obvious, but another big challenge when it comes to retiring early is still having debt, still having debt. If you bought a house 
let's say in your 40s or 50s, most likely you put a 30-year mortgage on that thing. If you're planning on retiring early, then you're going to need to figure out where your income is going to come from and enough income to cover that mortgage or whatever debt you have. For most people, it's not practical to enter retirement with a lot of debt payments because the cash flow, the monthly cash flow demands that debt has, it's just too significant when you're looking at, well, how much income can I draw and where, where will it come from? So the approach here is twofold. One, we talk about, well, we talk about the debt snowball or different strategies to pay off debt all the time on this show. I would counsel you, if you're trying to retire, especially early, find a way to do so with paying off your debt before you before you do. And then second, develop a plan to make sure you avoid debt in those early years of retirement as well. What's your plan to replace your vehicle? What happens if you get behind a little bit in cash flow? Develop a plan, work with a financial advisor to make sure debt doesn't keep you from the retirement that you want and keep you from retiring at the time you want. Yeah, and this may be a time like no other where you can put debt in front of you and say, I want to retire so bad. And in order to get to retirement, I've got to get through this debt. I've got to retire my debt before I retire. And so that can be a serious, serious motivator to prioritize uh, decreasing or even completely removing debt from your life. Yeah, good point. All right, the fifth main obstacle, the last one we're going to hit. If you're hoping to retire early is your life expectancy. Folks, you've heard it on the show from us before. On average, people are living longer. And the longer your retirement is, the more money you need to have saved up. Here's a very, I mean, that should be logical. Here's a very easy example. You guys know I'm a nerd with the age of my kids. We love going to Disney. All right. So what's more expensive, going to Disney for a weekend or for two weeks? Obviously, going to Disney for two weeks is going to be much more expensive. So think about it. If you retire at 57 and your life expectancy is 90, is that going to require more money than if you choose to retire at 67? Absolutely. That's a decade less resources or demand on your resources that you need. So you need to be very aware of what your life expectancy is for retirement and how really how much money you need set aside in order to cover that. Um, I cited earlier this study. I don't think we'll be able to put it. It's, it's part of a big packet that J.P. Morgan comes out with. I don't think I can put it up on the blog. But if you're 65 today, there's a 47% chance that either you or your spouse will live until age 90. There's a 20% chance that one of you will live to 95. And that just assumes current uh, current technology and so on. We are seeing a lot of advancement in technology that could even be longer with modern medicine and so on. So you need to have a plan that incorporates you living for a long time and make sure that you've got enough money to make it last. The point to all of this, folks, whether you're hoping to retire early or later on, you need a plan. You need a plan that considers all of these various factors, these various risks, so that you can make that decision with clarity and confidence that you're retiring at the right time for you. Um, in just a moment, we're going to be taking a question from Daniel. I mentioned he wrote into wisemoneyradio.com, submitted a great question about can you be financially independent when you're only making 16 bucks an hour? 
That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Next to Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory is out today, so just the two of us. If you've missed anything we've been talking about, can you retire early? And what obstacles must you overcome to do so? If you missed anything, go to wisemoneyradio.com. All of the previous episodes will be right there. You can catch up on anything you missed from either today's episode or previous ones. You can also submit a question right there as well. Lastly, submit a question going, uh, giving us a call, 574-222-2000, or visiting us on Facebook and Twitter at Wise Money Radio. Last week, actually two weeks ago, Daniel was listening to the show that we did about financial independence. And he asked an incredible question. And I'm sure many of you were thinking this as well. So here's what he asked. Is it possible to have financial independence when I'm only making 16 bucks an hour? That is a great question, Daniel. And I would tell you the way that you start heading towards financial independence is to seek wisdom. And so in order to do that, it's like what we've been talking about the whole show. Can someone retire early? Well, certainly they can retire early, but what do you want to be thinking about constantly? And so if you don't do it right and you don't plan right, if you retire early, you're gonna spend the rest of your life thinking about money. And if you wanna be financially independent making $16 an hour, you can do it. There's not as much wiggle room in order to do it. I believe, as I've gotten older, what I have observed is that most people in this life have what they want. Hmm. And so if you want to be financially independent, making $16 an hour, there's a way to figure out how to do it. I'll tell you, something that I was thinking about, actually, I was talking to a gal from my church this past weekend, and she works at Costco. And she said, once you've worked at Costco for five years, you make $25 an hour. Crazy. And I thought, oh, that's a, that's a pretty sweet deal. And so uh, one of the things that I would tell you, Daniel, is to consider is $16 where you have started? Is $16 where you're going to end up? Mm-hmm. Because part of financial independence is to say, if I'm only making $16 an hour, which is a fine wage, if, if that's all you're making, you're going to have to be very, very, very careful about what you allow into your life. And you're going to have to be very careful about what your financial priorities are. You aren't and you don't want to try to live like your neighbors who might be making more than $16 an hour. Mm -hmm. Because if you spend your life playing the compare game, as we said before, it will rob your joy and you will be miserable. And likely then you'll, you'll be, um, 
it'll be possible that you can be sucked into things to say, okay, if you need a new car, you know, if you work, you ride, these types <laughs> of things, buy here, pay here. And you think, no, you really have to be very vigilant and have some some very strong guiding principles in order to get that job done. Yeah, it just, uh, it, there's a lot to unpack here. I, it, it, and, and hopefully you in, in this situation can, can hear us when you say this, but I, I would without a doubt say yes. I would. And, and because embedded in your question is, is it only possible to be financially independent if you make a whole bunch of money? Well, if that were true, I wouldn't have seen someone who made a half million dollars file bankruptcy twice, right? So you wouldn't see the lottery winners filing bankruptcy on average five years after they win, they, they win the lottery or all these athletes who have nothing. MC Hammer <laughs> would not have needed to file bankruptcy, right? So it's truly not about how much money you make. Well, if that's not true, could you make no money and be financially independent? Well, we know that's not true either. So I did the geeky thing like all of you would expect, and I did a little soul searching on the Google. And turns out these really intelligent folks over at MIT came up with a study for every county in every state in the United States and said, this is what the poverty wage is, but this is what your basic standard of living needs to be. And guess what it is in St. Joe County, Indiana. You didn't say, Daniel, where you're from. But for one adult, $10.09 an hour, you can make it. You can make it. And they even break it down. This is how much you should spend on food, medical, housing, transportation, and other, which would be all the fun and everything else. Now, there's not a lot of wiggle room, like Kevin said, but I know you can do it because I've seen it. And some really smart people over at MIT proved that you can do it as well. What Kevin was saying earlier about comparing yourself to others, I would have you first look at what your financial habits are. And the ones that you're emotionally ta- attached to, maybe going to a movie every so often or buying a new, you know, buying some new gear every once in a while, examine those habits to start and build a budget based on that 16 bucks an hour and then see which of those habits you can invite back in. That's the first, and that, and that was actually the first thing we were talking about in financial independent, or the financial independence show was you've got to have financial independence over your day-to-day, month-to-month cash flow, and that is having a strict, strict budget. Right, and I think for your situation, Daniel, one way of doing that budget you may want to consider is the envelope system. The envelope system makes it very, very easy and you're very objective because if there's money in the envelope you can spend money and if there's no money in the envelope you are done spending money for that month if you go through that process and you realize you know what there's some habits that i just don't want to say no to but i can't get them to fit within 16 bucks an hour then i'd go back to what kevin said earlier find a way to make more money find a way to make more money so how can you do that well you can get a second job not fun but neither is feeling like you're in financial bondage. Second, we talked about some wise financial habits a couple weeks ago on the show. You can work more than $16 an hour. Right now, you're getting paid 16 bucks an hour. You can produce quality content that's worth something more than that. Will your employer give you a raise the next day? No, but over time, you working for more than what you're getting paid right now, they will eventually have to pay you more. 
or look at exploring other jobs like Costco or something else like Kevin mentioned, where you can trade the same investment for a higher return. And part of that, going to the second thing we talked about with financial independence, the biggest, the number one cause of bankruptcy is health issues and so on. Make sure wherever you're working, you are utilizing all, all of the employee benefits, health insurance, disability insurance, all that sort of stuff. You've got to make sure that your job has rich benefits, that you're aware of them, and you're taking advantage of all of them. Otherwise, you're just exposed to what if some unfortunate thing happens and you know that could crumble your financial situation that's not financial independence right and that to go back to mike's point there that might be something you'd want to assess daniel because when you think of what an employer would provide you have health insurance disability life insurance 401k 401k match these types of things there can be a big difference between jobs that pay $16 an hour as far as what the benefits are worth so you could have a $16 an hour job that your benefits package is worth another $10 an hour so that is and so it's a lot easier to get to, to get to financial independence with a $10 an hour benefit package on top of 16 than a $2 an hour benefit package. Gosh, there's still so 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 much to hit here. I mean, the, the other thing is with that level of wage, you actually have a, exposed to you a lot of pretty cool tax planning opportunities to you. In fact, one of them, the government could give you money for putting money in your retirement account. Now, I'm not talking about a deduction. No, I'm talking about them giving you money as in a tax credit. So you've got to explore those. From an investment standpoint, Kevin mentioned utilizing the 401k, those sorts of things. Yeah, you can continue to do that. From a retirement standpoint, making sure that you have a great handle on what your spending is, because if you work until 65, 67, or 70, something like that, that Social Security income will cover a large portion of what your lifestyle needs to be. And lastly, an estate plan and so on, there's nothing even at 16 bucks an hour that would per- prevent you from having that. So Daniel, it's totally possible, and all the Daniels out there, it is totally pos- possible, and we are passionate about helping you realize that and help you get there. So once again, you might need a coach. And so seek out a certified financial planner to help you get there because it's totally possible. I've seen it. We've helped people with it. So, all right, folks, Daniel, thanks for the question. Everyone else, thank you so much for listening. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn and myself, the rest of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.